Hey guys, the holidays are finally over, which means it is time for a brand new episode of Loose Screws. Thank God the holidays are over. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm your host, Ty Worsham. This is the American Elite Dangerous Podcast. And the guy rustling around in the background right now is my co-pilot, Joey Vanos. What's up, man? What up, dude? How, Sorry how for rustling. I didn't mean for to jostle the mic. <laughs> I yeah. was trying to be quiet about it. No, it happens, man. What, what, what you been up to, man? How's your, how'd your holiday go? It went all right, except for the fact that I had a shattered window, which we get replaced today. So, you know, everything's going good on those accounts. So that was, that. you showed me a picture of that. That was the driver's side. Uh... Driver's side window of my truck, sir. God, dog. Like, do you know what actually hit it? No idea. Just something hit it. It fractured. And I went, holy shit. <laughs> man um I, I used to know this girl um my my cousin's best friend and she had like the worst trouble with windows she was she was driving by she's driving on a highway and the highway's right beside a golf course the golf ball goes through her was that i think that was her passenger no side way. window she gets that replaced and then like two weeks later it gets shot out by a on the same highway by a hunter just further down the road Wow. And, I mean, for me, it's usually tires. Like, me and tires will get along, so. Yeah. Well, at least this you weren't quite hurt. a bit more expensive. Yeah. Eh, some minor cuts on my hands and arms, but, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. Like, it happens. It could have been a lot, hell of a lot worse, I guess. I mean, could have yeah. come, come through and hurt and hit you, so. Well, thank God for laminated glass. Right. <laughs> well, I went through the holidays mostly unscathed. Um I feel like I try to just get through them every year, it seems like, but uh, had a lot of big stuff go on. I, I earned prismatics, so I'm pr- hey, hey, hey. it's only the second time I've, I've earned prismatics, uh, but it's been quite a while. I didn't have a big ship back then, but I officially have two of all the prismatics, so I've, I think I invested like a billion dollars in the prismatic shields at this point, so... So what you're saying is the next time we we uh, we try to take you on and and a car and sidewinders, we better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me let, let me come back to live streams. I want to bring in um, the guy who's joining us tonight. So yes, there... we have a third co-pilot tonight. We do, we do. Five seat. So um, everybody who listens to the show regularly knows that I regularly bring or try to regularly i'm not always regular uh bring on uh my listeners. Personal business. <laughs> <laughs> try to try to bring on one of my uh commanders that listen to the show and uh we started this discord it's been a month now since we started this discord i guess it has uh, been. a little over a month yeah somewhere around there yeah so we started this Discord, and it, it, you know, we got a bunch of people in it really fast. But one, like, I think the literally the first guy to join was Commander Kai Zen, and uh, Kai joined, and he immediately became, you know, a friend of the show. He is constantly, uh, like, he, he's usually one of the first ones to welcome new members when they join. He, I mean, he's like Johnny on the spot when it comes to like helping people sort out their mics and stuff to get to where they can talk um i'm probably gonna have to hire him to be honest with you because he's he's pretty damn good at tech support so and he's just in here all the damn time yeah but he's a real good guy he's been very helpful yeah. to the show but I um love yeah. talking with him he's always been good yeah but Kai, how, how's how's your how's your day going man hey guys uh yeah my day's going great man my day's going phenomenal i've uh 
I had very little work, and uh, I got to spend most of the day flying spaceships. So that's a good day. My Always, hey, a, good man. Day. Always, Always a, good a good day. Hopefully those windshields are better than my trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how much I want to find you right now, Dravenos, and just start shooting out your cockpit over and over again. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> because, like, it's one thing for it to happen in real life. It's another thing to be like, you have seven minutes until you die. Wait, that's, what? That's why you got to get the A rated, man. Get that 25 minutes. <laughs> Well, and then you can also just synthesize life support so you can keep it going. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so um, Kai's going to be joining us tonight. And Kai sent us an email a little while ago that we're going to talk at, talk about a little bit, a little more toward the show. Um, so last week, was it last week or the week before? Shit, I don't even know now. Everything's running together. Uh, no, it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. Okay. That was last week. <clears throat> so last week we had Lou Screw's very first live stream, and that we had a big turnout. Thank you all so much for showing up and having fun with us. It was also really fun to get to shoot down Ty. Yep, the pilot stopped by. That was very cool of him to stop by. He um, didn't join us in game, but he was, he's on vacation. But he did listen to the whole thing. He told me and he said we did a good job. He had a good time. Uh, we handed out some free games. Uh, I think. I think everybody who joined us got a free game. If you didn't get a free game, hit me up because I have a list. Um, but you checked it twice. Uh, no, just you once. found out who was not in. Who was nice? Just once. I only checked that <laughs> shit once. So. Um, but um, I do want to talk about a little mishap that happened. So if you noticed, everybody, I told everybody that we were going to uh, record it and post it to where everybody could at least listen to it. Well, as luck would have it, that is now the lost episode of Loose Screws. So if you weren't there. Yeah. Every great show has that one legendary lost episode. Well, have either of you watched the, uh, what is it, uh, Parks and Recreation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, like, uh, Chris Pratt's character said in that, the show must go wrong. (laughs) <laughs> but you just got to keep going. Well, you know what, though? That's the big, the biggest thing, the biggest lesson to take away from this is every last person that showed up got to hear an amazing show and got a free Steam game. So Don't be a part uh, of it next time. The hey. Twitch, yeah, the, the Twitch is listed in the show notes. The Discord is listed in the show notes. And there is cool stuff popping off in that Discord every day. So pause the show right now. Go into Discord, download it for free on your phone or on your computer, and join the Loose Screws Discord, which is in the show notes, and then you're going to get cool stuff all the time. Dude, do we have money to get this guy right now? That's the best advertisement for us I've heard. <laughs> he, does, <laughs> he does good work, man. He's he's a he's a, he's a great guy. So, um, but um, man, I I feel kind of bad about it because it boils down to a basically a lost hard drive at this point. And the fact that Twitch is kind of a punk, which brings me to my second thing, is that after discovering this, I spent last week putting together the Loose Screws YouTube page. That which I'll... you can find at Loose Screws ED, same as our Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, you just search YouTube and find it that way. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's almost you're like I work in that. IT By or way, something. By the way, as I'm going ahead and throwing up a Twitter, do you want me to go ahead and shout out all of the new followers that we got? Hell yeah, man, do it. All right, so this week, and this also includes people from what should have been last week, but we didn't record an episode last week. We did a live stream, but here we go. We got 12 new people to show out. It's wow. Gene the Bee, Iron Beagle 17, Alto Consultants, 
Commander Unspent, Lieutenant Zephyr, or LT Zephyr, uh, XN Omi, Xenome, I guess, uh, Justin R51047741, Flying Gator 1, Space Cowboy 9mm, DJ Stolt, John Will H, and Jayton666. Thank you all for the new follows. We appreciate you. And uh, hopefully you guys hop in the Discord, and we look forward to hearing from you sometime. Some of those names sound familiar from the Discord, so that's mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Uh, kind of go along with that. Shway27, who is in, in our Discord, he uh, wrote us up a really cool little iTunes review. Uh, Ooh, do tell. Uh, gave us five stars, of course, because he's cool like that. Uh, well done. Best show about Elite Dangerous, mostly because the accents are understandable and not from mysterious and mythical faraway lands. Oh, snap. <laughs> now, now, see, what I find funny about that is that I'm about as redneck as you can get. So I don't know. Between Texas and Georgia, I'm pretty sure it doesn't get much more, you know, well, <laughs> redneck than I'm us. Gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the reference that he's making there is that this is the only American elite podcast. So he's saying that as an American, he can <laughs> uh, understand the accent a little better without the Queen's English, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Even you put on a little southern drawl during that. I'm proud of you. Well, yeah, I was just playing around a little. <laughs> well, see, see, Kai might be up north right now, but he's originally from San Antonio, so. Uh -huh. So he, I would have never guessed, to be honest with you, because every time he talks, like I hear that northern. Well, he's, yeah, well, and that's no offense. Some of my best friends were like from Massachusetts, so. It's all good. I got yeah. I've been they tell me not to say car. I say car. Oh, I've Lord. been in South Philly long enough that I think I got a South Philly accent now most of the time. <laughs> um, but thank you to Shway for reaching out to us like that. He also, Shway plays on a console right now. I believe he's a PlayStation 4 player, but don't hold me to that. But Shway, um, last week, Checking the back line. Shway messaged me and said um, he's looking at getting a laptop, so I gave him some recommendations as far as that goes. And I'm hoping he gets a laptop and makes a transition over to the PC Master Race. Um, not that I don't like my console jockeys, but PC beats all. So, <laughs> um, let's see here. I'm looking through the backlog. He mm -hmm. doesn't mention what console he plays on. Granted, I'm still scrolling up just to make sure, but yeah, PlayStation 4 sounds about right. I know he mentioned that uh, he was getting a laptop and. Hopefully he can get that. Yep. Because, uh, dude, we'd love to have you here with us. Yep. And to go along with that, I've been kicking around actually picking up on the PlayStation, but I just hadn't pulled the trigger yet, which means I have to re-earn all my money, and I don't want to re-earn my money yet, so. Yeah, I don't know, though. Like, earning earning everything you have now via console and doing just open via console, that, like, I don't know, that experience to me sounds like it'd be fun. Like, I don't know. That's just me, I guess. Yeah. See, for me, for me, it's an ego thing. I have a hard time if I were to try to split, like, having my name on planets or whatever. I want it to have my character name. I don't want it to have my my exploration alt's name. But Commander Exegius did, uh, like, a recorded session last year where he went from brand new account, like, First time loaded, logged in, set up the thing, started recording, and in under 12 hours hit Trade Elite. So had a billion. So earning the money wow. isn't the hard part. 
earning the money is not the hard part anymore with the current setup. It's just a matter of. Well, did he did he mind earning any of that, or was it just yeah, exploration? Okay. No, no, of course. So I mean, the, the the way that you do that is you start off, uh, you know, you you literally start off in a sidewinder. You go right to a high res site. You follow the cops around, and you just leech off of their kills, and that'll give you your first, you know, mill or so. And then you, you from that, you go and do road to riches for an hour and a half, and that'll give you enough money to move into uh, a decent, you know, asp. And then from from being in the asp with road to riches, you know, you can go right into mining a little, move up to the python, mine some more, and move up to the conda and have your bill. Well, that's what I, that's the reason why I asked that though is because of the uh, the mining changes that are coming up that we know of. Like, yeah. you know, is is it going to be as viable come well, the next update we have? So, I mean, this is all speculation because we don't even know exactly to what extent stuff is being put in. But uh, down to earth astronomy did analysis on it, and based off of I think what what he sees now, it's going to hit the worst on low temperature diamonds because low temperature diamonds it's you go to Buran. the Buran system is the only well publicized triple overlap of low temperature diamonds so that's where everyone goes it's going to hit less so for painite because there's several double painite spots and it's going to hit even less so for void opals because void opals as a core uh mine Object double overlaps don't matter for those. The overlaps don't matter. So you've got hot spots all over the galaxy, and there's not any real concentration. So you know, this is all speculation until we actually see it in action. But the thing that you can reasonably hypothesize is going to be hit the worst is low temperature diamonds. <clears throat> huh, that's some good input that we didn't have before. What you tie? What you gotta say about it? Well, I here here's the thing. I think that without a doubt that uh, I'm not sure if they've really. I mean, clearly they intended people to be able to make a lot of money from mining the way it is right now. Um, if you, I mean, as as long as I can remember in this game, there's always been some little. Some people call them exploits. Some people call them tricks. There's always been some avenue to earn large amounts of money in a short amount of time. Um, but they've always been kind of like a little hanky, like you go and you board swap to get all the different missions from Robigo or whatever. And, or you do the, the rare, the rare, uh, roots, the rare, the rare material, not root material, the rare, uh, commodity route. And you sell those, even if I don't necessarily believe that the void opal or pain out or whatever is going, the rush is going to end. And the biggest reason I say that is because one of their big sellers right now is the ability to blow up an asteroid. Like that's a cool thing to do. Um, that's it really is. It's satisfying. And if you watch any, any of their promo videos, well, any of like their little short one or two minute promo videos, there's a, asteroid blowing up in there somewhere it was a lot of tech and research went into this it's something that they're definitely going to keep so i don't think they're going to get rid of it being a avenue of earning money 
But what I think they're going to do is make it to where they're going to balance it some more to where the prices of pay not, I'm, I'm sorry, prices of void opals or whatnot is more affected by the BGS market. And um, I think that it'll make it to where you have to travel farther to sell your void opals than what you did before. I think that will be the only real thing that's affected. Um, but the thing with down to earth, um, he's, you know, he does a lot of, of number crunching in this game. So if there's a guy to say that it's going to be this, or it's going to be that it's probably him before it actually comes out. But, uh, I don't think, I don't think they're going to make it to where it's like, like, like the money rush is not going to go away. The time that it takes to travel from point A to point B to sell them, I think that will go up because that just kind of makes sense in my brain. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Um, but I mean, this is like the first official thing to where it's just like, hey, make this much money in this short of time. So it's official. Like everything else before that was, I'm not going to say it was a scam, but it was kind of one of those things where it's just like, yeah, you can do this, but how long can you do this until they fix it? You know? Whereas this is something that they implemented straight off the bat and went with that. Well, you know, the one I remember the most are the skimmer missions. And what I remember with those is where you stack up, you know, you stack up 25 skimmer missions deep by board hopping. And then, um, then it was, I can't remember if it was skimmer first and then Robigo or, uh, Robigo (laughs) then skimmer. I think it was skimmer. I think it was Robigo then. No, I think it was Robigo first. Well, but, because I remember doing Robigo missions like day one, like the day I started playing this game. So, yeah. like Robigo has always been a thing, and anybody, anytime anybody mentions that, it's like a hit of nostalgia. It's great. But I, I don't necessarily think they're going to get rid of anything that's um, like like a money driver for this game. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, they want people to be able to get into the ships because. You know, blowing up an asteroid, that's a selling point for them. Getting into the bigger ships that you see or the more cooler looking ships that you see, that's a selling point for them. So for them to kind of gate it off again, I don't think they're going to do. I really don't. Um, I think that I think they'll make it a little more difficult to get into them because it's a little ridiculous to be able to go from new account to trade elite in 12 hours. Because, I mean, it took me five years, you know. Um but flip side of that is, um, you know, <laughs> 12 hours is not really, that's a, that's a pretty good investment as far as uh, video games go. So, yeah, especially considering like most campaigns and stuff like that are 50 hours or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you just like, speak. go ahead. The, the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, when people talk about like, oh, this is getting nerfed or that's getting nerfed, like it, I, I've spent, I'm not going to lie. I decided that I wanted to up my credit balance just a little bit in this game. And I've put in a few hours in a couple of, uh, of mining sites in the last month or so. And, uh, (laughs) I've heard a lot of chatter back and forth in, in general chat, you know, in system chat of people like, I got to get it now before it all goes away. (laughs) And it's like, okay, so there's a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, Right now, everything's speculative. We don't have patch notes. We don't know what is actually being implemented. We know a overall description 
of what was tested and what they're discussing doing. But that doesn't necessarily mean that any or all of that is going to be implemented in any specific way. That's a and, really good point. And, and on top of that, even if it was implemented as it's been suspected, it's going to be done by some of the guys that really spent time crunching the numbers. What you're talking about is effectively anywhere from a zero to maybe 40 to 50 percent uh reduction in the amount of profit per hour so if it's you know zero then obviously nothing changes but if it, it causes you to move to a different area and so you go from earning 320 million an hour to 160 million an hour Yes, that is a significant change, but it's not like that changes, you know, it's not like, okay, well, now we're poor forever. This changes the whole game. It just requires a little more time sink into it. And I don't know about you guys, but as it stands right now, my calendar in space is pretty open yeah. for at least the first half of 2020. It's just like that even <laughs> though, like that's still a significant increase. An income considering how it's been in the previous years to where it's just like, you know, it's hard to get this much money an hour, but now it's something that's implemented, something that's not exploitative, something that they intended for it to be this way. Oh, yeah. People don't remember. And, yeah, you might not get as much, but it's still better than what it was. Yes, well, people, 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 sorry, people okay. don't remember that like there was a live stream it was hilarious i was watching an old live stream and it was like a it was like a creator's roundtable or something and it was yamix down to earth astronomy uh and a couple other people were talking to each other and literally they made the joke to each other they were like uh down to earth astronomy made the joke like oh how do you get rich by mining <laughs> because mining was so bad the the money this was like this was a stream from like 2016 or 2017 and at that time your earning potential mining was pretty much the lowest of any other activity you could do in the game yeah so they have brought it up so massively high so fast and now it is the undisputed um you know, without cheating, without hacking, without, you know, doing some rock fourth fertilizer type activities, <clears throat> it is the king of moneymakers. So that e even if it gets nerfed a little bit, it's still a very strong moneymaking activity. And, and, you know, to, to kind of go along with that, if you th so, so if we apply some real world stuff for a minute. You know, NASA and ESA are starting to look out, and they're starting to realize that there are some uh, real asteroids that actually have some valuable minerals in them. And it's not a stretch to think that within the next hundred years or so that we're mining these things. And if you got, have you guys ever watched the Expanse TV show? Oh yeah. So 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 like in the very first couple of episodes, they have this uh, ice miner ship, and it skims the, the rings of Saturn, collects asteroids of ice, melts them down, and then transports them to water, um, transports them as water to uh, asteroid bases that have no, uh, have no access to water. 
That's their only way to get water is by ferrying it to them. That sounds like super plausible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you apply a real-world mechanic to Elite Dangerous, and again, we're talking about a video game, what's going to be profitable for space travel, the reason why uh, bigger corporations like Microsoft and Apple and whatnot are going to sit there and go, we want to invest in space travel, is because they find minerals out there that are valuable. And I'll give you a perfect example. Think about the company. So, so nearly every diamond in the world goes through a company called De Beers. And if you've ever read anything about the company De Beers, they are literally gangsters. And how they are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are literally gangsters. Yeah. And, um, and they make no jokes about it. I mean, now they're a legitimate company, but the way they started was legitimate gangsters. And uh, they're cutthroat. They don't give a shit. It's business. And... Uh, all we got to do is find an asteroid in our asteroid field that's covered in diamonds. And De Beers will sit there and go, here, build me a rocket. We're going. It'll happen. Well, actually, actually uh, among many of the podcasts that I listen to, I listen to one called, uh, uh, what is it, Houston, we have a podcast put out by NASA and the JPL Laboratories, and they have found an asteroid that's core and and there's a speculation about another uh an actual planet but it's very far away that's core is uh both of these are suspected to be diamonds which, yeah 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 I've, I've actually like it's one of those things where they haven't confirmed it but it's like mm -hmm. all the whatever they look at lines up to where this is probably diamond and I mean, so if you think about it from the from the point of view of like what's going to be profitable in a real case scenario, mining is going to be very profitable for space for real life space travel to get space travel as like the forefront of anything. You're going to, have to put a monetary value in there, and the way you do that is is that you go after the raw materials, and we're already kind of short on diamonds on Earth, and so if a company like De Beers was to get a monopoly on space diamonds. Number one, they can sell they can sell space diamonds at a premium, and number two, they can completely control the market, and they have a history of doing that anyway. So, it's not and a stretch. For, for those who think like diamonds, who cares? It's just for jewelry. It, it it has been for jewelry for a long, long time, but now with different computers and different types of uh, uh, manufacturing and stuff, they're finding. A lot of uses for rare minerals and diamonds, uh, working with lasers and whatnot. Well, I mean, that 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 is going to make it an industrial. It's going to have a real use, not just well, be a thing that. You no, even like for. from your point, like going on that though, like if you look at things such as like ceramics and ceramic knives, and the only things you can get to go through that are diamonds. There are diamond drill bits out there. There are diamond sharpeners to sharpen ceramic knives. I mean, any sort of pottery shop that needs any sort of work to their their potteries after they're killed, it's it's diamond drill bits. Like mm -hmm. diamonds are more than just a thing that you look at to be pretty. Diamonds have a use because they are harder than most of these things, but most of these things can't be cut by anything else. Yeah, but like, all in pottery classes. So, because I've taken pottery classes in high school, and it's just like make sure you set this up right. Or else we're going to have to buy a diamond thing for this, and we're going to charge you for that. Well, the um, you know all of that to basically say that uh, when they when they first made Elite, mining was a joke. It was. It was. It was and... a joke. So mining, it was. I mean, 
right now I kind of feel like combat is kind of a joke as far as making money. Um, I feel like combat needs a bump in pay for lack of a better term. Um, and like, I don't want them to nerf everything else down. I want them to kind of bump combat up. I feel like killing someone well, who's I mean, elite shouldn't, 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 killing someone I who's think... elite shouldn't give me 20 or uh, 80,000 credits. It should be a lot more. Well, I mean, I think that's the argument against a lot of video games. Instead of like nerfing this or nerfing that, let's bump everything up to where it feels right. Yeah. And that's not even a discussion just for Elite. That's across tons of different video games. It's like instead of nerfing something, why don't we bump other things up to match the thing that needs nerfing instead of just nerfing it? Yeah. Because then, like, you have issues in other areas with things, whereas where something feels even, it's just kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, you know, to kind of, you know, steer this all back around to, to, you know, the original conversation was, uh, you know, the live stream where we kind of got off on a tangent because we, we've done that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, 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 were, we were talking about, you know, trading into Elite in 12 hours. Speaking of Elite, um, I do want to mention Meg81 hit Elite today. Congrats, uh, bro. Yeah. Congrats That's on that. Um, and I'm sure there's other people who are doing things that I don't know about. Um, so if you hit elite or something like that, you do an achievement in the game and holler at us. I'll make sure to yeah, message us like, yeah, super um, simple, super easy. Like one of the things I learned early in life is that you have to celebrate the wins because they don't come that often. So, so even small wins, celebrate them. So. And that's the that's well, old man Ty's Ty's advice for the day. Well, I mean, you could say old man Ty, but it's like today, right now, as grueling and as tiring as it was, I'm celebrating the fact that I got my shattered window replaced. Yep. <clears throat> right on. <laughs> um, but the live stream, we are going to be doing another one, um, and we're going to do this one here a little bit different. Number one, we're going to put it on YouTube. Number two, I think we're going to do a race or a series of races, and. Um, we will be doing it on a Saturday. We have not set a date yet, but we'll be doing it on a Saturday, uh, midday. That way we can get the Europeans in and kind of what I was thinking about doing was like a SLF race down a Canyon followed by a, uh, factory type nine down the same Canyon. But during the SLF race, I thought it would be cool to basically allow people to shoot you. Like, if it, like it's a it's a it's a free for all race. Derby. Yeah, demolition derby. Thank you. Thank hey, you. Hey, hey, Ty. Yeah. Uh, do I have to partake, or can I just be an announcer? Uh, we'll we'll, we'll figure that uh, out. Now I'll go ahead and tell you right now, as a Rocket League player. Like, my casting's pretty good, and I'm pretty sure I could just be like, oh, and he's taking a left turn. Oh, but he shoots that guy out. Oh, my God, look at that. Like, Yeah, we'll probably let you do that. Because a sportscaster is nothing for me. I can do that all day, every day, and I'm pretty sure I can make it more entertaining just because you have a sportscaster. <laughs> I'm not going to be that good at racing. <laughs> well, I mean, to kind of give you an idea, we're going to have to have some of that anyway because we're going to have to have – the way I think about it, we're going to have to have at least three people to kind of uh, officiate because – we're going to have a rule about going outside of the canyon, like going above the canyon. I'm not talking about officiating. I'm just talking about <laughs> sports casting. Well, but right. but if you're you're gonna if you're gonna do a good job of sports casting it, you're gonna have to be in a ship flying over looking. Well, down. No, that's why you have color commentary, and then you have the analyzer. <laughs> okay. But 
You always have those too. You that's why there's every sports to every sports thing has at least two casters, one for color, one for analyze. Yep. Gotcha. So we um that's... I can do color commentary all day, every day. But we'll be doing that coming up on a Saturday. I don't know what date yet, um, but you know, uh, I'll announce it here, put it in Discord, do all the things when we get to the next and one. As soon as I know, I will throw it up on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um one other thing, um, actually, let's go ahead and get down to the news here because we're coming up on time. Um, we only got two things of news here. You guys only see one on the notes here because I forgot to write down the other one. Uh, Whoops. Next week, I believe it's the 9th. Is that right when they said? Or was it the 6th? When they're when Six. The 6th, okay. So next week on the 6th, uh, Frontier's doing their normal live stream. But during it, they mentioned... Uh, talking about, I believe it was Paige that mentioned talking about things that are coming up in uh, the 2020 uh, year, like with the, some of the things they're going to be doing this year. My initial reaction was, we're going to get a roadmap, because that's what I've been seeing a lot of people post. The more I talk well, I think- to other people and the more I think about it, the less I think we're going to get a roadmap, the more I think that we're going to get a tease of a roadmap. Like, well, that's what I was going to tell you is like, uh, this is one of those things where it's like a lot of people think we're going to get that, but I think that's what people want, not necessarily what we're going to get. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a roadmap mainly because, um, I mean, kind of like Kyle was saying, you know, they Frontier has a history of doing teases of teases before they actually do a release. They and... tease the tease before the release. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a history, and I'm not entirely sure that they have everything completely planned out as far as the flat nuts and bolts. I think they have some, I don't want to say they have just the broad strokes. They have guidelines. They have guidelines. I would say paint by numbers. Yeah. I would say that they probably have like, we want to release this during this 60 day period during this 60 day period. I don't think they got it down to like a 30 or 14 day window yet, but uh, we'll know when we'll know when they decide we need to know. That's how it boils down. But if I had to, if I had to put money, I would say the six is going to be a fun event. A lot of talk about the holidays, a lot of talk about like, okay, this is the year that was, and now we're looking forward. What kind of, Oh, we're looking at this. We're interested in that, whatever. And then there's going to be some little tease, some little thing of like, uh, okay, well, we're going to have more information about this and look forward to this in May or something. And they're going to, they're going to throw a great point to make. Like, yeah. They'll throw out like a rough time, like a, a, a general time where you're going to look for a teaser or something. I, I, I think. Who knows? Yeah. And you we'll know, see what happens. I mean, to kind of go along with that, um, the way I think about it is like, so they, they're not going to tell us everything. And the reason, the biggest reason why is number one, they don't necessarily know. And number two, because they're still in a development cycle with it. And because they're still in this development cycle, they, they don't have like a release date yet. If they were like into a, like we have no indication that they're down into a beta cycle where they're just testing where all signs points to, they are still developing. And the easy way to tell when they get down into the beta cycle is when they start saying stuff like, uh, you know, December is going to be really interesting or, um, 
they give us a couple of tidbits as far as what we can expect. And it had to be something bigger than just the release of uh, fleet carriers. So, uh, but yeah. I think the thing we should take away from this, to be honest with you, though, is just like we all know that this is like the year where we're going to be getting a lot of big updates and stuff like And those are the things to look forward to. Don't don't be down because they don't announce something within like two or three months. Like, look forward to those big updates and look forward to Elite really just kind of blowing up this year because this is the year we get the new expansion. So, yep. Um, I mean, keep expectations. I, I'd say keep expectations realistic. That's just me. But, like, because if we overhype it, we're all going to be let down. What we need to do is we need to just look at things and go, hey, this is what we're going to be getting this year, and this is going to be a good year. Yeah. Like, let's keep it positive. Let's keep it upbeat. Let's keep it going good. Just don't raise your expectations above the bar. Yeah. Do you um, do you think that we will get, like, because I think it would be so cool if we had, like, 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 I really want them to tell us what month fleet carriers are going to come out. Do you think they'll tell us like what month we'll actually get fleet carriers? That's, that's a hard question to answer. Honestly. Um, what you think, Kai? Honestly, I don't, I no. I think what they're going to do is they're going to say, look forward to the first announcement of blah, blah, blah in, and I'm just throwing out a time. I'm mm-hmm. not saying this is what I think it's going to be there. I think it's going to be, Look forward to a an, uh, uh, first announcement in May, or so whatever. A and, of a teaser, right? And then, and then that's saying, okay, May is when we're going to drop a trailer for for you know carriers, and uh, and then that'll have in May when that trailer comes, it'll say like, you know, carriers will be released, you know, August twenty twenty. And and that will have like more of a of a hard date. And I think they're going to be very, very careful about announcing that because, you know, not for nothing, but carriers have been shifted a couple of times now. So Mm -hmm. they know they know that they need to stop. They they know that the next time they announce they carriers, they need to give you carriers. Yeah, so, which I like your prediction on that. Like it keeps it realistic. So so I, and and I I want to make it very very clear in in this. I don't. I, I some of this may come off and sound disrespectful or whatever. I love FDev. I love this game. These guys are brilliant. I give them all respect. So I don't want in any way for my flippant, you know, idiot armchair quarterbacking answers <laughs> to sound like, oh my God, FDev, you've let us down. Like, no, but I, I, I'm just saying as a fan, like I suspect that they know that people have been a little tweaked about multiple carrier holdbacks and with all love and respect, I, I feel like they're well aware that they better make damn sure that the next time they say carriers will be out at X date, that carriers come out at that time. Well, that's the point I was trying to make. It's just like, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more upbeat about it. Like they've done this and done this and done this. And yeah, it's dragged us through the mud, but you know what guys just hold out for it. 
FDev knows. Trust me, they know. That's why they stopped like being so open with the community and things like that in the first place is because we get expectations up and then we pretty much crap the bed on them. Yeah, I think I think But I agree with Kai's point. Kai's point's a really good point to where it's just like they know, so the next time they say something that's probably gonna be a bit more I guess reserved is the word I'm looking for. I'm not quite sure if that's the word, but go ahead. I, I think as they got nearer and nearer to the time that carriers were supposed to be released, I think they looked at it and decided that they were not happy that they were putting out a top quality product. And I respect, although it's hard and it's heartbreaking and I really wanted it in December, I respect the courage to say, uh, we're going to hold back. This isn't right. We're not going to pull a Bethesda. We're not going to release some hot steam and garbage and tell you guys like, Hey, this is good. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I respect the fact that they look, they made the, uh, that's a very hard call for a company to make to say like, Hey, we were going to do this. We looked at it. It needs some work. We'll get back to you. Like old, that's the kind of move that old school blizzard pulled off not not current blizzard but back when everybody loved blizzard blizzard would say we're releasing this product when it's good and ready and that was it kyle what you got well i I, i'm gonna kind of disagree with you guys just a little bit because um i think it fucking sucks Uh, (laughs) i think it's a cop out for them to for them to push back these fleet carriers and them to uh say it was because we're doing these 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 patches and bug fixes and stuff look man um i'm i'm not a software developer but i've I've been around i've worked in the it field long enough to know that uh you know, your, your, your product, your software product shifts from, uh, production to bug fixing, to patching, to production, to bug fixing. And there's a circle with it. And if you're in a situation where one of those points is broken, then that's a very big problem. And I, I understand that, you know, FDev only has 500 employees. Okay. But they're also the UK's uh, largest develop or England's largest developer, uh, software developer. I'm sorry. Is is I kind of feel like I kind of feel like that we're real that we're real quick to kind of give them a pass on it. The way I look at it is like this: they should have enough development time that I should be able to change the colors on my cockpit. I should be able to uh, change the. Uh, I should be able to have like a paint generator that I can then create my own paints and pay for to have them in game. I should be able to have my fleet carrier. And then at the same time, there should be a team of people working on bug fixes. What I think happened mm-hmm. and I, I don't get me wrong. I love FDev. I think they do a great job overall. I think they just flat out dropped the ball. I think uh. that their patch team completely dropped the ball. And I think that they were sitting around going that, because it's so messed up right now, I think they decided to pull it back and they're going to make fleet carriers part of the free content because with any 
MMO release, there's always like, well, here is the paid content that you got to pay for in the new expansion, and here's the free content we're going to give you. So Whoa. the paid content is going to be space legs or whatever the hell it is, and then the paid or the free content is going to be the fleet carriers. Well, let me, let me clarify one point real quick, just to make sure that I, because maybe I misspoke and it, I, it wasn't clear enough. I wasn't saying that. I agree with you with regard to the whole bug fixes versus whatever thing. I wasn't saying that based off of the community's, you know, petition and blah, 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 they looked at it and said, oh, we're going to pull fleet carriers back to work on these other bug things. What I'm saying is something very different. What I'm saying is I think just ignoring the other bug thing, just looking at the fleet carriers and the nature of them in and of themselves they looked at it and said, we've got a product we're supposed to be releasing in a month. It is not up to our, what we want to release. It's not, it's just not good enough or polished enough or, or right enough that we're comfortable releasing it. Let's pull it back. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, so I, just to clarify, I, I, I feel like the problems with carriers or the, or the problem with carriers, whatever it, it is, I think, Five years from now, when you know people are sitting around at a LaveCon and you get to get a couple of drinks in 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 the staff and and have a frank conversation, an honest conversation about this time period, like not right now where they can't say, but in yeah. the distant future when they can say, I think what you're going to hear from them is you know it's going to be a situation like when Final Fantasy uh 14 was first released in the first iteration it was just a steaming pile of hot garbage mm -hmm. and literally they had to take the game down they got rid of the staff the guys at the top they brought in naoki yushida they brought the game down for like a half a year or like some like extended period of time they gave massive amounts of refunds and 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 begged and 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 pleaded with people to stick along and wait and wait and then they relaunched it as as a realm reborn i think that was this was a situation where it was like that like they had a frank and honest discussion at some point and said this is not ready to be released this is not gonna give people what they want we need to retool this yeah. All right, should I backpack my question <laughs> off that, or should I go for my question separate? Go ahead. I feel like my question can backpack off that. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask, if, like, do you think this is because of, like, the whole coding issue that they have talked about to where it's just, like, their code can't necessarily handle what they're doing anymore? No. No. So, so, so here's the thing. Um, okay, they wouldn't have announced Fleet Carriers the second time if they weren't at a point where True. they thought it was okay to release. Now, the thing with that is, is that basically their little internal tester said, we didn't uh, find any major me, bugs. I'm going, I'm going to stop you there, though, and go, that's the hype bug, Tor. It's just like we need to hype people about something. Uh, we need to hype our, 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 what is it? Uh, we need to hype our producers about something and get them ready for something. Well, and then everything fell apart because of that. So, so okay. I, I want you to think about this from from a from a financial point of view, okay? When they announced Fleet Carriers at GamesCon and they showed that little video and it was really cool and everybody was hyped about it, how many sales do you think uh, 
if Dev got for Elite Dangerous. Oh, I'm sure they got tons of sales from it. I bet you they got five. I bet you, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the existence of fleet carriers uh, spurred very many people who were on the fence about this game to go buy it or not. Now, what they did do, however, is the people who had kind of disappeared for a little while and came back, that brought them back. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, I'll go yeah, check into yeah. that game. Okay. So then... Okay. Then they're sitting there going, all right, so when are Fleet Care? Oh, Fleet Care is going to get here. This shit's going to be expensive. I got to go mine Void Opals or whatever, or Paint Out or whatever. They got to go do that. So now they got to go do that. And in the meantime, they're, they're participating in the couple of community goals that we had, the Golconda and the Blight. They did they're all the paint jobs. Right. They're buying paint jobs. Um, they may have bought an, an extra account or two. But I don't seriously think they got very many players for that because I the people who don't necessarily play this game are looking at it going, well, that's going to be expensive. It'll take 16 hours to get that. I'll never get it. <clears throat> and the perfect the perfect reasoning behind that is Eve. Um, I pl I have not been a very big player of Eve, but the Eve is also a very different game than Elite. It, it, it is. But the bottom floor to get in to Eve is huge. Eve? Yeah, well, to, to be able to get into Eve to play it is ridiculously difficult. It's and and I know they've done some updates to it, and maybe it's better now. It's been about six or seven years since I played Eve. I've heard it's a big money sink. That's all I know about it. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of stuff there, but. I've read that if you can get it, it's really, if you can get into it and get going, it's actually pretty good, but you have to get into it and get going. And if you well, can't, you got to get into a game. Isn't, isn't it more of like a strategy game versus elite being like a, you control the ship game. Yes, it is it, it, much more. So it, it, Eve is much more spreadsheets, the video game. And I'm, I'm talking as someone who spent time living out in Nullsec, like it. And once you get to that point, well, this it, is it the is conversation to have, though, is the thing I'm trying to make is because, like, there are two different genres of space sim. It's like playing StarCraft versus playing... Well, let me finish my know. point, though. Okay. Okay. So, so when you when you watch videos for, for, for EVE and you watch these big master huge ships fight each other, well, I've played EVE enough to know that you start <laughs> off in that little bitty shuttlecraft or whatever the hell it's called, and to get mm. those ships, that's five years' worth of work. That's five years worth of work on a spreadsheet is what that is to be able to get one of those big ships. And I'm speaking as someone who's kind of outside looking in at Eve. So when I look at someone who's read about elite and who hasn't really played the game, whereas who are, who are, who played it early on and didn't really know what they were doing. And there wasn't a tutorial to kind of help them out. So they left and didn't really come back. I don't think that they looked at fleet carriers or that fleet carrier video and thought, man, I sure want to play that now. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. That's so, a really so good point. There is a differentiator there in that something like elite feet or space legs or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and a big graphics overhaul where you can show a flashy video of landing on a planet with atmosphere or something like that. That is a seller that brings yeah. in new players. Yeah. Things like core mining asteroids, uh, um, things like mining gas giants, things like, uh, in this particular case, fleet carriers, those are not 
sales tools, what those are, are things to keep your existing player base happy, motivated, and engaged. That's a very good point. Yep. You have people playing and putting in the hours. And as they're putting in the hours, they are also buying paints and decals and lasers. Very good point to make. Yeah. So so you have to think about it. So so from a so from a developer point of view, when they made the decision to push back fleet carriers, all right. You're getting back, you know, kind of getting back to what I was saying before. When they made the decision to push back fleet carriers, that was not a decision because they're like, well, we're going to do it and uh, it's going to be good for the community. No, they did it with a financial reason behind it. That's why they did it. Um, I mean, they, they, they used the petition and whatnot as kind of a. Uh, was a good word like kind of like a a, a goodwill excuse. ambassador I, I think i think excuse would be the best word for it yeah well i, I want to, to i don't say what, excuse to call it what it is because yeah. yeah we we all signed that petition but it was it was signed without this without this result in mind so yeah. that's but, what i'll say is excuse but i mean you know we can't be mad at a port i signed it you signed it well, and the thing is, you got to think about the content they're releasing up to that point. They're releasing content that was functional, but not a hundred percent bug free. Not a not a hundred percent, you know, whatever. You know, you know, they're releasing, for lack of a better term, grade B content. So yeah. if they made these fleet carriers and their internal development team said, "Well, it's grade B. It's not completely done. It's you know, beta tested. It really needs, or it's alpha tested. It really needs to be beta tested." Well, we'll release it and patch it as we go. That's well, why I said excuse, because, like, that's pretty much what we asked for, because that petition was signed after the September update when everything was broken, and we were going, what What the F are we doing? And well, to say again, I don't feel that that is what happened. I don't feel that they... I feel what happened was they had to make some compromises and try to balance because they want to make fleet carriers... So the, The whole issue around fleet carriers, in my mind, is you need to make something that is compelling enough that everyone wants to aspire to achieve it because it's a big goal. It's a lot of money. We don't know exactly how much yet, but they they, the one thing they have said is it will be a significant amount of investment. So if Uh it's going to cost you a lot then that means it's an aspirational goal. It's something that they that you put in 20, 40, 80, 100, 12, I don't know how much, but you put in a number of hours to work to attain this goal. And if you want to make it valuable enough that it is worth aspiring to, then you need to make it have certain attributes that give it certain abilities that make it worthwhile. But how do you do that in a way that doesn't, break certain other areas of balance in the game so i i I see that's what i feel it was i i don't feel that they're looking at it yeah i don't feel that they were looking at it and said well this is b quality stuff people aren't happy with b quality stuff so therefore we're going to pull it back i feel that they came up with something and they said okay we're going to make it do this but then they're like oh we can't make it too strong because then it's going to unbalance things so they then they maybe dialed it back, dialed it back, and then they looked at the the product they were about to release, and they said, "This is gonna go over." Well, like before time, I know Ty is gonna make a super strong point here. I just want to bring up it's just like, I mean, can you really release anything where everyone's gonna be happy? No, 
And I mean, that was the whole thing of the petition looking at it. It's just like a lot of us signed the petition and then went, oh, but you signed the petition. Like the petition's a really good excuse for them to do that. But I signed it. So it's just like this delay. It sucks, but I signed it. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not going to complain because they're delaying something because I signed something else. That's my whole outlook of it. They can't, you can't win on the internet. Like, people are going to be mad or disappointed with no matter what you do. And that's my whole thing is like, be happy with what you get. And Ty, take your take on it. Well, the, the, the last thing I want to say on it and then I want to move forward is, is this, um, the, so, so I, I, I don't think anybody with the possible exception of, uh, accountants at FDEV, uh, does anything with any sort of malicious mindset. I don't oh, know. I think that they, like, I, I don't think they're sitting up there going, yeah, we'll hold off fleet carriers for a while, her, 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 and twisting their mustaches or whatever. I think that they did that from the, I think they made the decision to do that simply because they wanted to, well, <sighs> I mean, and that's the point I was trying to make. It's just like, they're trying to do the best they can to make the majority happy. I I, I disagree. All right, and, and the the reason why is because the the decision to put push back fleet carriers was a financial decision. It had nothing to do with that uh, 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 petition. Nothing at all. It was a financial decision because releasing fleet carriers would have made it to where they could have had more money for paint jobs in their fleet carriers more money uh for people i mean for all we know uh you can i mean have they actually said that you can't buy fuel in the art by with arcs have they it's said that especially in mine thing yeah okay they did they said they said that there will be two ways to obtain uh for lack of a better word fleet carrier jumponium fuel and the one way will be by mining it in some way okay. and the other way will be buying it for in-game credits, not arcs. They specifically said not arcs from stations, certain stations. Yeah, I, I do remember that now. So, but well, you know, sure people complaining about that though, because it's just like if it's some other paid form, like oh, you're gonna spend money to this? No, you don't have to pay money for that. Well, I mean, I I just think it was a financial decision. I don't think it's a situation where they did it. Like, I don't think they looked at their content Maliciously. and said. Well, they didn't yeah, they didn't do it maliciously, but I don't think they looked at their content and said, you know, this is, and I'm kind of going against what I said, what I go, like, I, it's okay, you're a human. I think that they did it from a financial point of view, not necessarily for what's best for the community. I think that, I think they made it with that decision in mind. And I think the That's decisions the they make me. going forward for the next few months, probably are going to be made from a financial point of view not necessarily from the point of view of what's best for the community because right well, now for lack of a better have... term they're trying to keep this community together for the next year until they get to their big release yeah but that's the thing it's like if they don't make financial decisions then the game shuts down because they don't have money to keep running it so yeah. Yeah. that's the thing the community needs to remember that's why it's just like when i say it's just like these decisions are made yeah they might suck but it's it's keeping the game running it's keeping us playing yeah I'm I'm like, reminded I'm reminded of something that Alec Turner said in your interview with him uh, a couple weeks ago. It must be so 
much of a trip. It must be so weird and such uh, a, a blessing and a curse to be a person who has an idea where you're like, it starts off, because I mean, all of these things, I guarantee you, these, these games, they start off with two guys sitting around drinking beers or, or, or two kids, uh, whatever age. Kind of like this podcast. So they, they start around with a couple people sitting around drinking beers, talking about their favorite game. And then saying, man, if I could make one, I I would do it this better. I would do that better. Mm-hmm. And you're throwing around ideas and you're jazzed and you're excited and it's all abstract. And I'm going to make a world and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then you make a thing and then you, you, you work on it for years and then you put it out. And it's like people are playing it and you're like, these are my people. They're playing my game. This is amazing. This is a dream come true. And then you blink and suddenly five years have passed and you're the number one game developer, whatever producer, whatever in, in the UK, in your, in your country. And you have hundreds of employees who are counting on you and you have a board of directors and you have people who like need you to make money so that they can send their kids to private school or pay for their, 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 you know, Volvos or whatever it is. And you're like, it started off as this pure thing of just fun. And now it's this thing that's fun, but it's also this thing where like you are responsible for like, you know, paying for people's school. And these are people that are your employees and your friends and you you don't want them to have hardships. So you have to, you know, whatever. So it must be such a weird trip. Well, that's the whole point like I'm trying to make is just like, Let's remember we we're playing something that started from an idea of a bunch of people in a room together that went, "Hey, let's make this thing," and they are passionate about it. And then we started playing it, and we are passionate about it. Are they doing things we don't agree with? Sure, but what game doesn't do that? But none of it is meant to be malicious. All of this is from somebody's creative brain going how do I keep this thing going? How do I keep this thing doing? And like, and that's the whole thing. Like going back to the mining conversation, like mining started out as just a joke. Like it was like, <laughs> you're mining, but look at what it is now. Yeah. But don't forget where mining started and where mining came from. Be appreciative of the fact that you can now make tons of money off of mining. If they suddenly decide to strip that, then everything's back to normal and we're doing missions for however many thousands of credits we're doing. Like, appreciate the things you get when you get them. But if something, to, like, if they're trying to balance it back out to where it's like it evens out the playing field to where it's just like mining's not the only way to make money, that's why I brought up the whole thing of like, okay, let's, why don't we buff everything to meet up to it instead of nerfing mining in itself? Because if you just nerf mining, that's bad. But if you buff combat, if you buff exploration just a hair to match mining, it makes the game look that much better. Because it's just like, oh, well, we didn't lower this, but we made these things rise up so you can make money off of them. And nobody hates it because it's just like, oh, well, hey, I now explored an unexplored planet. I get more money for that, and it matches mining. It couldn't, be, it couldn't be by a hair. If you want to make it in any way, if you want to make it in any way uh, a, a sort of equivalency, you would have to exponentially. Oh, but that's the thing. Like, you call that out, but like, 
if you just did it by a hair and enough people noticed it, it would spread like wildfire. Like, hey, this is the way to do it. It wouldn't matter. All it needs is a buff. You don't need a nerf mining because that's what we're focused on is, oh, well, mining's getting a nerf. Well, we're getting if off you on a buff bigger... something up, that's what people pay attention to. We're getting off on a real that's big tangent here. But yeah. uh, no. I, I think that... Um... I mean, I think that ultimately is it's a situation where they've, uh, I think that they've, I think they use the petition to their uh, benefit and not necessarily our benefit. And I don't think they did that maliciously. I think they just saw an opportunity and took it. I mean, that's our fault. But yeah. and, and, and and to say that, well, um, you know, I signed the petition. I got to live with it. Look, I, I signed that petition because I wanted the bugs fixed. I didn't say anything about, hey, let's stop doing fleet carriers and do this. If they have 100 people working on this game, and then let's say they have 80 people working on 2020 content, pull 10 off to freaking fix the bugs and I fix fleet carriers. That. Because, I agree with that. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not a project, well, I, I do some project management, but I'm not a project manager at FDev, so it's not for me to say how to manage manage the resources. I know that that's a, that's a very tough thing to do. But that being said, uh, I think that I think that we would have been better served as customers to have both. Not that I'm unhappy with either one. I want the bugs fixed. But I think that we've been a little disturbed as customers for them to say, well, we're not going to give you this stuff for a while because we're going to fix the bugs. They're talking about fixing bugs that have been in this game since, like, patch number two or some shit. I mean, yeah. let's rewind the clock four years. Why wasn't this shit fixed in year two or with the uh, Horizons update or with the Beyond update or with the, any other patches we've had in between? It's it's I mean, it's that's why it's, I brought up the whole like coding thing, though. It's like, do you think it boils down to the coding thing? I think it's a situation where they have reached the end of their engine and they definitely are going to do, I don't want to say end of their engine. I think they reached the end of their, this version of the engine and they're going to have to do some sort of update. I think that's without a doubt, but we have spent way too long in this. And we got to move forward. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the other piece of news here is uh, if you haven't seen it yet right now, you can go onto the frontier forums and you can win a Alienware Aurora R8 gaming if you sign up there. It's not a bad little PC. I don't like Alienware. I think they're severely overpriced and underperformed. If it's free, though, who cares? Exactly. I would take a free like, PC. Go get it, guys. Yeah. Like, get this free PC if you can get it. Yeah. Good luck to all of you. And that kind of spins me up into Earn Your Wings. So over the holiday season, actually for the month of December, I have gotten a fair amount of hardware recommendations uh, questions on that about what I recommend as far as hardware. So I'm going to run down the components real quick. And anybody who wants this, I can, um, uh, send you a link to a Google, uh, document. Uh, in fact, I'll probably put it in the show notes in the, uh, discord if you want it. But, um, just like some broad strokes and I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts of building one. Cause I do kind of do that as a living, but I'm going to give you, if someone says, Hey, here's my budget. Here's what I want to build. These are the parts I will recommend to you. Um, when I do this, there's a lot of people who are going to disagree with me on certain things. That's fine. Um, I build about uh, I build about 10 computers a year, um, not including my work uh, for stuff that I do. But I, I build about 10 performance computers a year, and I've only ever had one that was returned. 
So well, that's a fair amount. Let's yeah. be honest. Well, right. it's 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 nowhere near. Job, that's a fair amount. Yeah, doing it on the side, doing it for fun and whatnot for a better term. But these are these are products and the develop product and vendors that I recommend uh, because I use them in my own stuff. And uh, yeah, there's a there's there's some there's good... a bit of bias in here. Let's just let's just there put is. that out there. there. Is. There's there a bit is. of bias here. There is. So going down the list, um, the processor I recommend right now is I'm still an Intel guy. I was an AMD guy for quite a while, but in AMD started the latest AMD Ryzen's are getting really good results. I know in some benchmarks they're actually showing to be better than the Intel on some games. Uh, still right now, I think the Intel wins for overall performance. The Intel i7 9700K Coffee Lake, um, that is, that's pretty much the best processor out there. Yeah, I know there's 9900K, but as far as price per price versus performance, that's pretty much the best one as far as the top tier. Now, yeah, you could go into the realm of like the Ryzen R5 is actually better or price per gigahertz better. Our price uh, per performance, a price per frame rate is actually better on the Ryzen side. That's true, but then you get into the world of their motherboards are just not that great. Um, I'm still an Intel guy. Until I see better benchmarks, I'm just not going to switch yet. Uh, I'm actually going to be building you a... You can get the equivalent on AMD and be fine. Yeah. That's what like that, I think that's the whole point he's trying to make. You can get the equivalent and be fine. When... I still think the Intel edges it out right now. Uh, I mean, but that's what, but that's what you said. Your your exact words edges it out. Yeah. Like Intel's going to do better, but if you get the equivalent on AMD, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Now, if you're just looking for straight up um, IOPS, uh, now this is for gaming stuff. If you're looking for straight up raw processing power, yes, Ryzen's are beating the Ryzen i Ryzen nines R nines, I believe they're called. They are beating Intel's right now, uh, but for gaming performance, Intel's still winning right now. That'll probably change in like three months. But anyway. Hey Ty. Yeah. What's your graphics card's recommendation? That's what I. Hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get to that. I got a list here. <laughs> okay, <man>. sir. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> motherboard. Motherboard. I'm recommending right now is um, a lot of people are going to tell you to go with the uh, ASUS ROG. Hero, um, it's a great motherboard, but the one I'm liking right now is the Gigabyte Z390 Aurorus. Um, and the reason why is because, number one, I think it's prettier. And number two, it has an extra M.3 slot, um, or M.2 slot, so it has three M.2 slots. Uh, I think it's just a better overall motherboard. I think it looks better. It's a little bit easier to install. Hey, uh, Ty? Yeah. At the end of this, can you send me an email with all these parts? Yeah, I can do that. I'm asking you that as a person, and I'm not saying everyone else does that, but, you know, can you email me a link yeah. to all these parts? Yeah. Because uh, I think I'm going to listen to you on building my next PC. Yeah. The the big thing about the Gigabyte is that, so the, the Asus Hero, its memory slots are really close. Not saying they're really close. They're closer than what I prefer to the uh, processor. The reason why I like them further away is because the cooler I prefer. Uh, and the cooler I prefer is, of course, the NZXT Kraken. Uh, I prefer the X62. Um, I have not had a chance to use the X72. I have used the X52 and the X42. They're garbage. Don't buy them. The X62 is great. The X72 I have not been able to deal with, but it's basically three 
uh, fans versus two fans. Um, the cooler on the uh, 72 is a lot longer. Um, so I still prefer the XTC2. It's a great cooler. It looks beautifully inside there. Uh, no, I don't have that on my computer right now because I built mine before that actually came out. But that will be changing out probably this year at some point. Um, memory. So... Um, this one's kind of a booger bear because I'm of the mindset and I have done a fair amount of benchmarking that memory speed doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of difference. So when it comes to paying for faster memory, you're not making much of a difference. Um, I prefer 16 gigs of memory. Uh, right now I do have 32 in my, in my board, but that's because I needed to have it look pretty. Um, but 16, there's there's been a fair amount of, of testing done with uh, different types of or different volumes of memory, uh, 4 gig, 8 gig, 16 gig, 32 gig, and the difference between 4 gig and 8 gig is night and day. The difference between 8 and 16 is very minimal. The difference between 16 and 32 is like not even noticeable. Um, so 16 is really the the sweet spot, and G Skill Trident Z. Though that's pretty much the best in memory out there. Yeah, I know Crucial just beat them in a one little memory stop thing. Uh, G-Skill memory is just, they're, they're beautiful. Number one, the RGB series is beautiful. Uh, number two, they just work great. Um, I think it's just the best way to go. Video card. So the video card in my computer right now is the Asus ROG Strix 2080 Ti. I don't recommend this video card. I don't recommend this video card because most people don't need 4K uh, ray tracing, uh, or don't need 4, don't really need 4K anyway. And I'll explain my whole thing with 4K when I get to monitors. Um, so I have a 2080 Ti right now, but there's a story behind it as to why I have it. Um, the video card I'm actually recommending is actually a 2080 Super. It's about half the price of a freaking 2080 Ti, and the performance difference is like 10 to 15 frames a second. On most games so the super is really the better buy right now as far as price per FPS uh, but the 2080 Ti is, is pretty much the king of the uh, uh, mountain right now as far as video cards go I have yet to see anything AMD produce on the video card side that's worth a shit um, I know they have a few cards I think there are eight series that's supposed to be comparative to the RTX series or R9 series uh, the few that I've bought over the years, because people have asked me to buy them because they're cheaper, they have not liked the performance, and when we swap them out for NVIDIA cards, they love them. Uh, I don't know why anybody buys AMD cards right now. I don't get it. I want AMD to, go, to do good on that, or ATI to do good on that. Uh, I want them to do good, because if they do good, then NVIDIA does better, and they'll lower the price of the ridiculously priced 2080 cards, but uh, I still think that NVIDIA is the, the better way to go right now. Uh, storage. So, um, I like the M.2 drives. Um, they're just, they're the M.2 NVMEs. They're just ridiculously fast. They're, they take up no bays in your, in your case. Uh, I just like them. And the one I'm really liking right now is the Samsung 970 Evo one terabyte version. Um, it's kind of in a sweet spot as far as price per terabyte right now. Uh, it's really a, the best way to go. 
uh, for our secondary storage, right now I do have a um, uh, Western Digital two terabyte drive in there for for just like permanent long term storage, uh, but it's slow, so I don't I'm not recommending anybody get a, a, a cylinder drive right now. I recommend if you need more than a terabyte storage, number one rethink your life, and number two. Um, that's a joke by the way, but number two, um, get two, get two of these, uh, M.2 drives because, uh, they're just great and they will work beautifully. Don't raid them. You don't need that. I don't know why anybody raids video games and stuff. It, uh, there's been some benchmarkings that show that actually raid arrays can actually hurt the performance of, of some video games as far as load times and stuff. I don't recommend anybody raiding them. Uh, however, I have seen some builds and I have not done one yet, but that's probably what I'm going to do next is get another M.2 and um, put my OS on one M.2 drive and put my all my games on my other M.2 drive because uh, it's, you know, make sure it's going off the uh, the secondary channel and uh, it's supposed to be pretty screaming fast doing that, but I have not tried that yet. Uh, when it comes to power supplies, I'm going to recommend a power supply that I only recommend you buy when it's on sale. Um... Because normally it's 150, or I'm sorry, normally it's 160. Um, but if you can, I, I bought mine for, I believe, for 120 or 110. It's the EVGA Supernova 850, 850 watt. It is the uh, 80 plus gold. Um, the difference between the, the gold standards is minimal. So uh, if you're paying extra for the gold standard, I would not recommend that. Uh, I would actually go down to the silver or bronze standard and go with the wattage. Uh, EVGA makes good power supplies. It's fully mod. The one I have in there is a fully modular power supply. Uh, I think it's a way better way to go. Um, and one of the things you don't want to skimp on necessarily is your power supply because that is literally the lifeblood of your system. If you go with a cheap power supply and you skimp there, you're not going to be happy overall. Um, cases. I'm going to recommend a case, and it's mainly because it's a good one to build on. But when it comes to cases, if you've already made a build, you probably have a couple of cases that you like. Um, the case I have right now is the, I think it's the, yes, yeah, the NZXT uh, H440. Um, it's beautiful. I love it. It will probably be my case for quite a while. I do have a couple of irritations about it, but overall, I really like it. Um, the upgrade to that is the NZXT H710. Uh, they also have it in the 710i version. Don't get it in the 710i version. Uh, that's so you can do like custom lighting with smart device and stuff. Uh, I, I don't know. It's not my not my bag. But the 710 standard uh, is a good price. It's a good case to build on. It's got a tempered glass panel. It's easy to take on and off. All the edges are kind of rounded off. There's plenty of room for you to, to move around in there. Uh, the one thing I don't like about it, it has the, it, the one thing I don't like about it is that it has this ugly white bar over the front or ugly black bar, red bar over the front. It's ugly. It's flat out ugly. Uh, I don't know why they did that. Well, I do know why they did it. So you can mount a water cooler if you're doing like a custom build there. But if you're going to do a custom water build, I would not use this case. So it is not detachable, but uh, you can run all of your cabling behind it for your motherboard. So it is a good way for cable management. So I do like that about it. The other thing about this case is that the back panel is offset from the motherboard panel so that you can actually um, 
run your cables back there easier. There's some channeling back there so you can run your cables. It's a great case. Great case to start off with, but if you've already built some uh, some some computers, you already have your preference on that. But this is what I if people are asking me I want to build my first computer, this is the case I'm recommending to them because it's a good starter case, and plus it it looks very clean when you're done. Last thing is monitors. So I have I have this little caveat about monitors. Everybody's telling you every advertisement you see is that it's time to go 4K. Well, if you're on a 27 inch screen and or even a 24 if you're on a 24 inch screen or 27 inch screen, the difference between 4K and 2K, you can't even see. You can't see it. It is like it's beyond the realm of human eyesight. Um, you might be able to you might be able to make an argument that some of the clarity of some of the textures is better, but it, that depends on the game too. There's a number of games out there that don't even have 4K textures in them, so they, they look like crap when they're blown up that big. Um, there's this wonderful little image. If you Google uh, 1080p versus uh, 4K size, if you put that into Google image search, you'll find this thing that shows all the like how they are physically different and 4K is, I believe it's actually, it's not four times bigger than 1080p. It's actually eight times bigger than 1080p. So, number one, if you're going to do, if you really want to do 4K gaming, you're going to have to have a 2080 Ti card. You're just going to have to. Um, number two is that if you want it to uh, run well, you're going to have to get a, if you really want to see the difference, you're going to have to get into the realm of having like a 50 inch monitor. And if I'm putting that on from my screen, I mean, what am I looking at? I mean, that's huge. I mean, even at a 32 inch monitor, you can't really see the difference. So the monitor I recommend everybody get right now is either the Asus ROG Swift uh, PG279Q 27 inch 2K uh, 1440 or the Acer Predator um, XB271HU. Now, when I say get one of these two monitors, get the one that's cheaper because internally they are the exact same panels. Um, the Asus does have a little bit more bling on it. It has a little uh, easier interface with it um, and the setup's a little bit easier. It comes already put together for you. The Acer is not put together for you and the interface sucks. That's the difference. Uh, both of them have G-Sync technology, both of, both of them go up to 165 hertz, both of them have the same uh, resolution, they are the exact same panels internally. And they work, they look great, they work great, uh, the Asus is a little bit, little bit easier to set up, the Acer is a little bit harder to set up, but that's splitting hairs in my opinion. And that is my hard, that is my earn your wings this week with, um, with uh, hardware stuff. So, one thing I would recommend, Ty, for those people in the audience who may be like me, who, if you notice, I didn't say a word through your entire thing because I understood one out of every five words you were saying, (laughs) I would recommend strongly that you post links to each of these uh, devices in the Discord. We can pin it in the discord and then everyone who joins the discord can click on the pin uh click on the link rather 
and then it'll just take you right to the thing and you'll be like, okay, that's the video card he was talking about or that's the monitor he was talking about. And they can, people like me, who are computer dummies, can uh, can use your knowledge to get the stuff that they want. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, when I do the show notes for this episode, I will post it, I'll post links to all of it in the show notes. That way everybody has it, so. Beautiful. And, uh, like I said, if you guys have questions about something, I'll be happy to answer it. However, it is my business. I don't like to do it 24 hours a day, so. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to mention real quick, and I forgot to do this earlier, was uh, DJ Wiley. Yes. DJ Wiley, who has... Uh, been listening to our show and he is participating in our discord regularly has a youtube channel that we found out god when we found that out just a couple days ago didn't we yeah space hero just a couple days Mm ago uh i've been watching this dude's videos for six months now or so uh but he took um he had a little he had some hardware problems took a little break and he posted something today i believe yes um and uh so look him up on youtube uh, space hero is his how you can find him and uh subscribe to him check him out he's got some cool videos in there and yeah, i uh, mean we found out about him because i posted a, so a lot of times people will come into our discord and say like hey i'm trying to do this i'm trying to do that and somebody will like grab a video, grab a link, or explain it to them. And I, I posted one of his videos to answer someone else's question because he has what I believe to be one of the best guides for short and sweet how to grind your empire rank fast. So I posted the video, and he was like, hey, that's actually me. That's my YouTube channel. And, uh, and then the video that he just posted today is a sort of a series of really nice pictures and some really cool camera work uh documenting and sort of uh sort of like as a remembrance of his trip to the formidine rift and out to see the uh mega ship zurara that's out there they just did a little expedition so good stuff yeah i actually have not seen the zurara i've only seen it in videos and i forgot how unique that mega ship looks it's a very unique oh, yeah. looking ship uh, I kind of wish they had something closer with that regard, but anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I probably will pretty soon. Um, yeah, let's see here. So the only other thing we got in this, in our show notes here, man, is your email. Now you sent me an email shortly after you joined and you'd actually sent this email to Lave radio mm-hmm. and, um, I kind of want to go through the broad strokes on everything here. So let me, let me, let me start off by asking you this. Okay. What, what do you want out of the 2020 update? Like, like, like what is your ideal scenario for it? Okay. Uh, so my ideal scenario for the 2020 update is, um, I do want space legs. I do not want, um, I do not want reskinned Fortnite. I do not, do not, do not want to be running around shooting at FPS style, shooting at Thargoids. Um, I agree with that. Like, I, I get that that's the hotness right now, and that's what 
that has the sizzle. Uh, but <clears throat> I think this game is 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 aimed at a sort of an older, more sophisticated crowd who uh, is more interested in the spaceship aspect of it. And and so I want space legs for walking around on my bridge, uh, walking around and, and seeing different areas of the ship. I want space legs for <clears throat> interacting in, in interesting and meaningful ways with people at space stations. I want space legs for the chance to repair uh, things on my ship in, in some kind of an EVA or <clears throat> exit the ship for the purpose of like interacting with some uh, of these uh, space, you know, the, 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 the plants and stuff, the little alien plants or whatever that, that you find in certain areas of the galaxy or that. I want space legs for <clears throat> interacting with different flora and fauna on, on, uh, on, uh, you know, different planets, gas giants, gas mining, uh, maybe getting out and doing some repairs on a, on a, on a planet side or moon side, um, um, mining machine or, or, or something of that nature tied to base building. Uh, I definitely want, uh, gas giant, uh, like interaction of being able to like fly in, uh, you know, maybe fly into a, a, a planet's, a gas giant's outer area or, or fly just to the top of it. And maybe there's some kind of special SLF that has like a tether, has like a, like a, an, an umbilical that goes back to the ship. And then there's some form of a mini game where you have to navigate in the SLF, but within certain parameters uh, so that you can sort of fuel scoop or whatever, mine the, the gas and then send it up the umbilical into the ship or, you know, um, there's a uh, man, I, I could go for a week and a half just off the top of my head talking about things, but I'm excited for, for what is to come. And, and also I'm excited for <clears throat> them to have the ability for FDev to have the ability to make some form of whether it's a whole engine change or just some modifications that will allow them to close up some of the technical debt that they've had so that going forward, making changes can be more uh, streamlined and more of a process that will free them up in the, in not just in this initial, here's this stuff, but will free them up for the next year or two to be able to bring us bigger and, and better things. I'm, I'm so excited with, all of the possibilities and at this point you know i just mentioned 15 different things and if we get eight of them i'll be so stoked um you know i i don't know what exactly is coming but uh i'm excited let me get some cool ideas and uh i definitely feel like there's a lot that can bounce off of those ty what do you think well so when it comes to space legs the thing I worry about with, and I've said so many times before, is them doing what I call half measure. And what you just described, Kai, is like, that's that's what I've wanted in this game pretty much since day one. That's kind of what I want out of Star Citizen, that will a game that will never be released. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's I think that's what we are. I've all been chasing since we were kids. Is is this is the perfect space game. The problem is, is I think that what we'll get is a, 
is, this, for lack of a better term, a half-measure response. And I'm going to use the ship launch fighters to kind of explain that. And if you listen to other episodes of my show, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about because I've used this before. Right now, when you get into your ship launch fighter, what happens? You press a button, or you hit the you you go down to the bottom panel, you select launch fighter, and then you kind of teleport to your fighter. Now I know you do the hollow presence thing on your fighter kind of thing. I get that, but what I think will happen that worries me with the half measure aspect <clears throat> is that they will. You'll you'll go down the bottom panel. You'll hit exit ship, and then some little anime some little animation will play. But you won't actually be able to get up and walk around your bridge. You won't be able to get up and go to deck two. You won't be able to get up and go to your quarters or go see the cargo bay or something. And the reason why I say that is because the game is so mo- or the the design of the ship interior wise is so modular. You have to think about th- think about like the think about the top ten for just a moment. Think about how large it is. There's a there's a video there's a picture floating around where they have like uh, I believe it's some some football stadium. I can't remember the name of the stadium right now. And they superimposed uh, a tight ten over it, and it's like you know beyond the goalpost, kind of large and taller than you know it goes all the way up to the first tier of grandstands. Yeah, the one that I saw was actually uh, it was a football stadium, and it was it wasn't a Type Ten. I, I'm sure that there is one with a Type Ten that exists, but it yeah. was it showed the football stadium, and it had two or three ships uh, of varying size. I think it was maybe like a, a Sidewinder, uh, an Anaconda, or a, a, a Cobra, and like a, a Python or, or whatever, like in the, the area. Medium ships. And then and then it had an anaconda that was literally hovering over and it was one of those open dome stadiums. And mm-hmm. literally like the anaconda could not land. It was hovering over and it's like if it had gone farther down it would be crushing the stands. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I think about that and I think about how cavernous these ships have to be and like i think about so perfect example is you know i'll go back to my type 10 example think about all the different modules that you have to put in and how modular they are so think about from from me as you know well i put my shield generator in i don't put it in the in the first uh uh, class eight or class seven slot i put it into the third class seven slot so where is the class seven slot inside of the ship? Where's that at? How does that look? Where does that actually go? I don't know. And then what if what if you have all cargo bays inside? So when you kind of step back into the modular area of the ship, yeah, yeah, that's the picture right there. Um, when you kind of step back into the modular area of the ship, you know, is it just like one big cavern for cargo bays and like a little shield generator class three sitting down there? How does that look? I don't know. Well, I mean, and it's going to be take some work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think I don't think we're going to get the full blown walking around your ship. I think we're going to get kind of this thing where you get teleported outside your ship, and uh, and it might be like a full blown animation where you get up and you sit back and you go through the back doors and there's like a little elevator that takes you down. Maybe you walk through part of it. It might be a full blown animation for each ship. I don't know. But I don't think it'll be something where we can fully walk around. And that's what worries me about it. And that's what I hate to hear because I feel like you're right on that. 
Yeah. And, and when I think about, you know, I, when they first announced uh, SRVs, I was so excited. And the first time I got in one and it just kind of teleported me down to the bay, I was kind of like, oh, it was a little yeah, bit of a disappointment. It's a letdown, but at the same time, that's like, that's what I've been trying to say this whole episode. It's just like, manage your expectations for It's just kind of like, you know, it's going to happen this way and that's how it's going to be. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the, I've been mind. trying to keep it positive and upbeat. <laughs> so, keep, like, keep in mind, though, while that, while I agree with what you're, you're the point that you're making, uh, that, that part of the whole point of this is that it is going to be a massive like well the 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 words i think the term that they said was some kind of significant upgrade or refresh to the system and maybe like if you're making bases and if you're making um you know elite fleet elite feet or or space legs or whatever they're calling it like obviously they're going to have to change the engine to incorporate moving around and stuff for the first time, like moving around by foot. So if they were going to do that for the first time, it, it would seem to me, I am hopeful that if they have to put it in there, well, then they have to put it in there. And if they're going to do that, then, you know, then the whole point of the ships being fairly modular actually works in the favor of them being able to say, okay, we're going to just have, even if it's just behind the door that's behind the, the cockpit, there's a hallway. And on, you know, some ships, the hallway has three doors. And on some ships, the hallway has 19 doors. And you can just then modularly put in the areas, you know, accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, you know, um, so the other thing I kind of th- think about is, you know, let me ask you this. You mentioned bases. So there's a lot of, of leaks, for lack of a better term, that we think that bases mm-hmm. of some kind are, are coming. What do you think they'll do? What do you want them to do? So, okay. What do I think they'll do? On the low end, I feel that it is very safe to say that bases will have some form of storage and some form of um, vanity, some form of like, okay, you can dress it up this way or that way. You can just the same way as in Final Fantasy fourteen you have houses, or in WoW you have your garrisons, or in Elite, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, Eve, you have uh, these ship stations that you can make. And <clears throat> there's things you can do with them that you can, you know, you can, you can, you know, put housing in games and then you have the ability to sell skins and paint jobs and decals and painting, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, ah, you got triple elite, you get a special little plaque you can put on the wall or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so for sure it'll have vanity. Um, I, I, I strongly suspect it'll have some form of storage over and above that. What do I want? What would I hope to see? <clears throat> Two things. The first would be some form of significant gameplay interaction on a resource gathering side, i.e. <clears throat> the ability to go to an asteroid, go, go, uh, go to a planet, go to a moon, uh, land there. You do significant amount of work to set up some sort of a system some automation system or whatever you build the modules you put them in place and now you have 
some form of a mining base that is just pulling out certain amount of raw resources that <clears throat> you can then process and then you know have to either pay someone or do it yourself to load it up and send it off to some place for for a purpose so resource extraction or resource gathering and then the other thing that i would very much like them to do is some means of production some means of saying like i can <clears throat> mine these void opals i can mine this this painite i can mine this whatever and i can just do what i have been doing and fly it off to this space station and dump it off for x amount of money in which case basically i am breaking rocks for money <clears throat> what i would very much like to do is say okay i can now do that or i have the option of go mine some painite go mine some rotom bite or whatever the heck that other stuff is go mine some gold go mine some platinum go mine some void opals and now you have you know take all of these to a base at some location dump them off <clears throat> and it can you know now go to this other place and get this blueprint for for this this recipe to make a certain item like you're making some kind of super capacitors or you're making some kind of uh, resistors or, or uh, I, I don't know, you're making some equipment of some type and you can set up a manufacturing assembly line or whatever so that you can start to produce items. And I feel like that that has to be done carefully. I think they're going to be very cautious about that because they do not want to create an EVE uh market where we're selling to each other i think it's more so realistic at least up front in the first wave for the first year or two to think about you're making now products that you can sell you can dump off to a station but for a, a higher price you can have the ability to do more work and and make something of more use <clears throat> i think without a doubt that this um, this expansion is going to yield. If they're going to put in base building, we're going to have to have some fort, some form of manufacturing. I don't know what that means, um, because I don't know what else you would have a base for if you're not going to be doing something manufacturing related, and maybe not just manufacturing related. Maybe like there, there's got to be some. There's going to be some sort of economical reason why you're doing the things you're doing on, on a base. Uh, otherwise, why, why do you spend this money to buy a base? It doesn't, you know, because uh, without a doubt, it's going to be expensive to buy, set up, maintain, etc. So there's got to be some reason why you're doing it. And not just beyond like a, a one-time story thing. Because if it's like a one-time story thing, well, then people are just going to, you know, watch the videos on YouTube or something. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to participate that being said they're also going to have a way to have it accessible to people who are starting out the game because you think about where they've come where they've been you know if they're going to release space they're going to release space legs with this expansion and i think they are um if they're going to release space legs then what's going to happen is is that they're going to bring in a whole new wave of people and i guarantee you the people who are sitting over there right now talking about how uh, 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 Chris Roberts game 
like in the uh, Star Citizen is like Star, the Star, second. Star Citizen. Yeah. yeah, Star Citizen is like the second coming or something. <clears throat> and then they realize, hey, it's still not getting released in 2020. Um, then, you know, um, I think that I think that we're gonna have some people uh, come over to this side and start looking around and just go, oh wow, look at all the things that we can do over here. It's not Star Citizen, but it's still really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But then my ten thousand dollar ship that is not over here either, so <laughs> I'm not sure what they're gonna do there. But they're gonna have new players come in, and number one, there's now a new player tutorial they can go through. There's kind of a safe area for for you to get started off in and learn how to play over there, to where you don't get ganked by people over and over. And then there's then you know they're gonna have to have a way for you to kind of kind of get up in the game, so to speak, to where you can start buying the bases and stuff because if they really want to make this game if they really want to sell their next expansion they won't make it to where the base building is in game they'll make it to where you can do something early on get it and then you have to maybe maybe you have to do like a narrative storyline to get the base but then to get some of the upgrades or expensive kind of thing um, it could be cool they did something like that where you, they actually have a narrative story that you actually play out in. That would be very cool for them to do. They've never done a full-blown narrative interactive story. The closest we ever had was the Ramtom missions. Um, with uh, the, the uh, Thargoids and Guardians and all that. That was the closest we ever had. And I still think there's more for them to do there. I would like for them to, to do more in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's something else you mentioned in your in your email about narrative episodes. That's you know, they, I feel like I feel like they kind of have the tools right now that they could put together a, a you know a, a constructed mission, sell it for fifteen bucks. You know, give us like an hour, hour and a half of gameplay, and then you know it's it's instanced or whatever you want to call it, where it's just you know you or your wingmates participating in it, where you, you can't get completely screwed over by people and stuff and you know, you, you have fun doing those things, you know, and and that would be a very cool way to, to participate. That'd be a very cool way to get the storyline of things. You know, we kind of talked about this today before the show started, you know, they could do a narrative episode where you, you are Salome and you do her whole storyline. They could do that like a four-part series, you know? Um, I mean, that's, that, so that, that's a different way to go and that's, that's an interesting thought experiment. That isn't, that particularly isn't what I was talking about in the narrative episodes that I that I had suggested, but that like the idea of having some additional expansion pack type of content or whatever that they could put out and they could sell where I don't know about being Salome, but maybe something that would allow you to uh, experience a flashback or whatever that you could, you know, be a wingman or be a part of the, the 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 situation where you saw that happen or just create some not salome but some completely new narrative of, uh, of the story i mean so i mean if you're talking about salome you're talking about a character who is or a a, a, a yeah a character in the narrative that is now in the past but mm-hmm. you there's nothing to say that you couldn't have a new you know, situation where a story breaks out, it's covered in Galnet, <clears throat> you know, 
uh, in the prism system, there's this uh, Dedalion is this water world and there's this little moon, Keone, and, you know, but obviously a different system, a different planet, yeah. a different moon and a different story of a, a, a young man or woman or, or whatever uh, <clears throat> that, that, that is found something. I mean, they've, they've done things with the idea of this. You know, they did the story of we, we haven't really ever gotten a full explanation of whatever happened where the president's, you know, spaceship one or whatever was kidnapped by who knows what missing. And then the president shows up a year later after losing sort of control of the Federation. She says, yeah, I was found by aliens and they put her in the nut house and then she comes out and now somehow she's the right hand woman of edward mahan of the alliance like there's stories that the, the, the last year that they did the whole story of uh the, the 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 weird like the mechanic who flipped out because he was and having visions it. of a bright space and he stole an, a, a sidewinder or no he spilled like DBX. a Asp explorer or dbx and yeah and uh and and took off and you know they found him they, they had the heartbreaking story of <clears throat> the young woman who was like a teen runaway or something and then was kidnapped by that Thargod cult that and and she was the only one that that she was found and they thought her out of cryogenic she was the only survivor and they've returned her to her planet or to her family or whatever there's there are so many stories that they have had that they absolutely could if they wanted to go that route you know create some additional content i think you run the risk of a upsetting a bunch of people that they're saying, I don't want to pay for additional content. Uh, and B, then there's the whole question of people who are season or lifetime pass holders or whatever. Um, there, there's questions there, but you know, one possible way, yeah, that, that idea that you're talking about of some form of additional expansion narrative that even was at some form of a premium. Some people may be like some people, may get really mad at and they, I, I i'm sure they have to look into the community and try not to make people mad but just to get back to in the the narrative episodes that i was discussing there was if you look back like this game is so beautiful so amazing but there's a lot that you miss so i'm not an old time player like you guys i'm fairly newer to the game yeah. i was not playing the game when the salome event happened and just to, to, to sort of give background and explain very, very briefly, Drew Wagar wrote a book called Reclamation. Very good book. I highly recommend it. You can get it in, in ebook or Audible. It's great. Go get it. Um, and in that book, he told a story of a character, uh, Kahina Loren, who was the daughter of Senator Algreb Gren, uh, 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 Loren, rather, and her family was slaughtered. Things happen. I, 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 I shouldn't be spoiling the story. But anyways, the story happens. Stuff happens and you follow her life. And then after a certain point, um, they made an event in the game. And in that in the game, uh, for anybody worried, I only spoiled like stuff that happened in the first like five pages. And I won't spoil anymore. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Drew. But uh <clears throat> in the game then they made an event that happened where they had him flying as her character and they had other employees playing other npcs so to speak and they or in this case i guess whatever but uh 
and they they did a whole thing and it was her trying to get to a location or her or any of her group her cadre trying to get to this location so they could pass some information on um and the empire was trying to stop her and they had put a hit out on her and there was a bunch of players that came to her defense and then there were some other players that had sort of defected and then they they turn around and the smiling dog crew turn around and took the opportunity to to murder her and you know gain some notoriety in in that and the whole thing you know whatever side you were on it and and however whatever it was a cool real event that happened on an exact day in game and that changed the narrative of the story and that's awesome but there's a lot of people like me who missed that they were a player of the game when that happened and you have people uh like drew wagar uh you have uh knowledgeable lore people like the live radio guys like you guys like you know, you have people that could very easily tie together a narrative to say, <clears throat> okay, you're not going to be there. This isn't World of Warcraft. You're not, everyone's going to get to run around with Thrall and, and be a part of this fight. But you can learn the history of that. So you go to this station, they give you a mission. The mission is a, some sort of a narrative arc. And then it says, okay, first go to the prism system, which you're going to have to get the the, the, the permit for uh, because it's a lock system so you go you do the stuff you get the permit you go to Keone and once you get there you know maybe you scan something maybe you go to a has res site or, or a high res site and you kill a, a certain number of uh, spawning NPCs there in commemoration or something of a battle which may or may not have happened in that book and then you from there go to this other location scan some stuff, uh, pick up some, you know, okay, you go to a third station, they give you um, some modules that you have to have that have like data, whatever stuff that you have to transfer from A to B. And then there's going to be an NPC that spawns that tries to kill you because, you know, you have loot on you. This is minimal amounts of work that they can do to just set dressing up and make a little narrative where you have to do a series of four or five missions. And then... the last thing it sends you out to the that hospital ship that they have posted out where you can scan the four beacons and you can hear the wonderful beautiful narrative story where they had a woman voice act as kahina loren giving you her posthumous like this is what happened and it's a it's a beautiful speech which a lot of people who weren't around at that time never even know existed and there's so many cool things like that with there's people who are just starting now who have no clue that the guardian ruins exist they have no clue about the barnacle sites they have no clue about you know fuel rats or or dab's hopes or jameson's cobra or or stuff with engineers or whatever and if you were to just take a little bit of time to create some missions that send you here or there if you had a, a, a mission that sent you and said hey you gotta go land on Mitterrand's Hollow that would send you to a very cool little moon that a lot of people have never seen that they would have no clue that it's this little tiny moon that like literally revolves around the planet like every two minutes or something so that it's fly- it goes from day to night like at the snap of a finger 
And there's just neat stuff like that that I think it would be cool if the the this the the some of the quest givers just sent you a quest to hey go here scan a thing but when you get there and you land on that planet you're gonna see like holy crap you have to figure you have to basically get in front of that planet and have it hit you because you're not gonna be able to fly fast enough to get to it yeah you know there's just just neat stuff like that I think it would be cool if you could go and get a quest and do exploration quests what if, what if you were to fly out to a system and they gave you a quest and they said hey Go, we're going to give you a ton of credits. We're going to give you a massive, you know, to make this worth your while. But you're going to need to go jump, you know, 10,000 light years out and scan these nine systems and map them. Yeah. Well, and you know, I was actually trying to look up um, the voice actress of that, but I think it is actually Amelia Tyler, but I can't find where she actually did that. Well, uh, she did amazing work. Yeah, I think that was her, but don't hold me. I, I know she, I mean, Amelia Tyler does a crap ton of voice acting. And I know she's done uh, a fair amount of voice acting for Elite Dangerous, and I think that was her. Um, in fact, I think she's I think she's done two or three uh, flight controller voices um, that, you know, like when you're landing at stations or stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's her. Don't hold me to that, though, but... Uh, I, I can't find the Salome voice actor right now. I could probably do a little bit more deeper search, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I really like what you're saying there as far as different things. You know, I, I actually missed the Salome event, not because I wasn't playing, but because I was at work and I yeah. couldn't, I, I was at a, I had other projects at work and I couldn't take off. So I had to watch it all from afar, but I would have been there that night to see it. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, another ex- example was like when they did the jump with the, um, the, uh, the Gnosis, uh, mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, the Gnosis is going to try to jump to this system. And then in like it air it out and Thargoids attacked it and all the other stuff. And you had to mm-hmm. defend the, the Gnosis and they had the community event following right after that, where they had to restock and repair the Gnosis and stuff. And that was another event I missed because I was actually, um, I missed it because I was I was off on a work trip and I could I couldn't play and that would be something that would be really cool to revisit somehow. Um, yeah, or imagine imagine if you were to get a, a mission like that and it's like okay, there's a narrative story that tells you to go out and uh, you know follow along the the footprints like of the different places where all that happened and scan some stuff and then it gives you but it tells you the whole story so you hear this epic story and you don't miss it out or. What if there was a thing where you were to say like, hey, this is a wing mission. You need three players or you need four players to do it. You get your four people, you sign up. They explain it very clearly up front. Hey, this is going to be a serious commitment. Are you ready to do this? You say yes. We know this is going to take, you know, 40 hours plus of in-game playtime. And then you can sign up and make a four-man crew and follow in the steps of Distant Worlds 2 or or. The, the whole you know shock station thing and 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 go out there and and do that stuff like where you could actually do something and it's like yeah you're not you you missed it you weren't here for distant worlds or distant worlds too but you can get three or four of your friends sign up and do it as a group and have this very cool experience where along the way you're scanning certain beacons or whatever and you're getting a neat story and then at the end of it, okay, you spent 40 hours in game time or 50, 60 hours. You've done this, that, and the other. And also we've sent you off to 
you know, you have to go uh, randomly map a couple of systems and okay, yeah, you've now ticked all the boxes. Here's a, here's a decal. Now, not, I, I want to be very clear, not the actual Distant Worlds 2 decal that they gave out just to people who did it at the time, but some other decal where you say, okay, you did, you put in X amount of time. Here's a, a, a decal for a Salome event, or here's a decal for Distant Worlds 2 remembrance not you want to be very careful because if you give out the actual original decal that was only available at the time that's going to devalue all the work and all of the specialness of the people that were there for that event but you can give out some remembrance one that is a just just something that you know hey i put in the time i did this and then if you have 10 different stories like that or if you have one that sends you through an npc version of doing a buckyball or an NPC version of, you know, playing a fuel rat and throwing on your fuel limpets and, and going out to refuel quote unquote, an NPC that, you know, it doesn't matter if you screw up, if it's the, there's not anybody that's actually going to die. It's just an NPC. You fly out there and you, you know, you try and fail and figure out what you did wrong and then go re set your modules and then go back the second time and you do it and they say okay now you've done it you've done all of the steps of being a fuel rat now here is the website for the fuel rats go look them up if you're interested in doing this or here is the buckyballers or here is operation ida or here is the axi or you know i would love to see one my personal one of my personal absolute favorite things in this game is the lore about inra the lore about you know, stuff like Inra, stuff like the Black, uh, what is it, Black Flight Squadron, where the the the, uh, the Federation Squadron that's like trying to keep uh, all of the Thargoid stuff, or was trying to keep it quiet. Um, the club, even though it has a stupid name, it has an awesome story as far as like the idea of like, hey, there's this group of people behind the scenes pulling the strings that are have their own agenda and who knows to what extent uh the history that we know of with the thargoids is or isn't uh, accurate or complete um there's neat things that they could do there's so there are these cool abandoned inner bases where you can scan them and they took the time to have voice actors act out these amazing stories of one of them is like a series of things that where you scan like all six and then you get this story of like i think what they were doing was building some sort of an ai to try to use against the thargoids but they were keeping it super secret because it's crazy illegal because the earth's history when they first were messing with ais it almost went skynet and things were very very bad so like but they were desperate so they were creating they had this project i forget the name but they had a project name and then there's a message from this guy, this old scientist, who was like, you, you were our one creation that was good. You were not a mistake. You were, you know, thing, thing, this was good and whatever. And I mean, it was all, this was all covered in a really, really good episode of uh, Sagittarius Eye. Um, but like, man, there's so many neat things that it's like, how many players out there, maybe even people that have been around for a long time, have no clue about these inner bases or about these, these messages and how much richer would the story be, you know, if you knew all this stuff? And also, just from Frontier's standpoint, 
the whole point of the game, I think what they're looking for is they want maximum number of players for maximum number of hours. So this gives you real rich content that they've already done, but just gives you a reason to go out and interact with it and spend time in the game. I feel like I've talked way too much. <laughs> no, I, I think you were fine, man. Um, the the last thing I want to I want to I want to ask you about, man, is like, well, let me just say this. Number one, because uh, we're coming up on two hours, so we probably need to wrap this episode up. But uh, it's fine because we technically didn't have an episode last week, so it kind of runs over and just fine. Let me say this real quick. Um, I think ultimately that we, as a group. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of shit on FDev a little bit here and there, or maybe a fair amount. The fact of the matter is, is that I love this game. I really do. It's my favorite game. Um, right now, it's my favorite space game of all time. Um, it's definitely the space flight. I mean, I've I've spent I keep spending money to do things to upgrade my computer <laughs> to keep playing this game for different reasons. Um, because it's, like I said, it's my favorite game. Uh, it was my, uh, game of the year for 2019. It was my game of the year for 2018. Um, and I predict it'll be my game of the year for 2020. Um, I just want them to do more. I feel like they, I feel like we could get more, I, I feel like we could get a bigger bang for our buck, so to speak. Uh, that's not to say we're not getting a good product. Don't misunderstand me, but... I just want more, you know. Um, but let me also say this. Um, we had this really cool live stream. And everybody who came to the live stream, everybody who's joined our Discord, everybody who listens to my show, you made my 2019. Uh, I started this thing in October. Brought Draven uh, uh, us in, in, I believe, September. Uh, no, yeah, I started I in August. August. Three episodes in. Three episodes yeah. in. I don't yeah. know how long it was, but... Yeah, for, I want to say it was August and then September, if I remember correctly. But at any rate, I find that dude, it was a yeah. crazy year. Um, it it really kind of turned my 2019 around. It uh is giving me kind of a re envisioning, a revigoration for this game as a whole, and um, I I'm, I'm very thankful for everybody who's listening to the show, who participates in the Discord, who just jumps they in love. and just says, hey. Well, let me just say it first and foremost and just put it straightforward. Like, we love all you guys. Like, that those that follow us on Twitter, those that join us in Discord, everybody, we love you guys. Like, yeah. thank you for joining along with us. You've made, I want to personally say you've made my life better. I'm pretty sure Ty can agree with it. And it's just, it's awesome to know that we have this many people that are behind us. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Like, that's all we can say there's not enough we can do to say thank you. Like you guys are awesome. Yeah. And the, the last thing I want to say here is to Kai, man, you joined this discord and, um, man, you are, I don't really have like moderators in the discord yet. Um, but if I was going to say that you have, uh, or if I was going to say that, that we have moderators, I would say that you're definitely, uh, you're definitely in the running to be our first moderator. I'd probably give you moderator status right now if I had a moderator status to give you, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you you came into this Discord. You're very friendly. You uh, I mean, you warmed up, uh, you know, me and Jeremy real quick. You are 
like I said, you're 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 always Johnny on the spot with when new people join in faster than I can get in there and look at it because I'm usually busy with something else. Uh, and and man, I I appreciate that. I appreciate you doing the things that you do for us uh, from that side. And um, I appreciate you listening to my show, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I know I know Draven else feels the same way. I know you appreciate listening to his show. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm I'm just a fan. I love I love the show. I love what you guys are doing. I love the community. I can't say this enough. Everybody, if you're not in the Discord, go get in the Discord. Just during this show, we posted a bunch of cool pictures. And, you know, every day, every day, there's a new video. There's a new discussion. There's something else happening in the Discord. And they are very cool content creators who are throwing stuff out there. And all of it comes around this community that was built by YouTube putting out a very cool show where it's just this is just fun man this is just and we're just two rednecks doing our thing (laughs) (laughs) well thank thank you guys on behalf of the community thank you guys for uh all the cool stuff and i look forward to a bunch more in 2020 yeah let's keep it going brother and i think that's gonna wrap it up for this episode unless you have anything else driving us hey you know what i'm always gonna say don't fly without a rebuy yeah, and by the way, I've decided that Embrace the Chaos doesn't really describe me, so <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. But, Dude, uh, just let me close it out with, don't fly without a rebuy, and then we go, thank you for listening. All right. Close it out. Bam. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, if you have a question for us, loosegrewsquestions at gmail.com. The Twitter is uh, at... Loosegrewsed, yep. and that's the same for the YouTube. Make sure you check out the YouTube at loosegrewsed. And uh, we will see you guys next time. We love you all. Bye.